The following audio is from Life Centre Church. For more information, please visit lifecentrechurch.com.au. Now, real quickly, we're going to try and keep our answers concise. We're going to try and move through this uh, and be as helpful as we possibly can. But I would love to first get you to introduce yourself and then maybe tell us how long you've been following Jesus. Well, my name's um, Bruce, and I've been following Jesus for uh, since I was 12 years old. Wow. So like 10 years or so. Yeah. Wow. So I'm Marie, and I've been following Jesus for about 20 years. How cool. My name is Jenna, and um, I've known Jesus uh, since I was a, a child, um, and but kind of came into its own as a faith journey probably from late teens, early 20s. My name's Sam. Um, I grew up in the church, but my faith wouldn't have actualized until I was in my early 20s. So, yeah, about uh, 15, 18 years now. Awesome. Carly, uh, about 12. Kylum, uh, I... Be- <laughs> what? No, I'm just... No, no. <laughs> um, I've been following Jesus for nearly 25 years. Awesome. Great. I was just going to make sure it was longer than six because that's kind of how long our church has been going. Um, you, you, you keep the mic because I'd love to start with you guys, uh, particularly Kylie as well, because last week we, Kylan preached about kind of submission and headship and, and what that looks like. But I would love to possibly hear it from your perspective, Kylie, and then maybe even Jenna after this of, um, yeah, from the wife's perspective, when you read passages like that and you have a husband preaching about headship and submission, what does it look like for you guys at home particularly? Um, and how does that kind of work out in your faith journey? Sure. Um, okay, I, I thought a bit about this. Um, and I think for me, the number one thing um, is that the text talks about respecting respecting your husband. Um, but to sort of un- unpack that and what that means... To me, it's, it's about the first priority, which is um, being a Christian first and following the Lord, um, taking his word and everything that's in it and prioritizing that as number one. So number one, I'm a Christian, who someone who has accepted what Jesus has done on the cross and I am walking in that. I am reading his word and I am coming alive to what is in there. And out of that then flows everything else that we must do. Um, and it doesn't become like I've got to strive and try to respect my husband. It's, it's not like that at all because all I'm focusing on is being a Christian and following him. And everything else like respecting your husband and bringing up your children in the ways of God and all of that flows out of that because that's number one. So for me, it's number one is following Jesus mm. And living and breathing in his word and everything else then flows out of that. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. And then maybe, I guess, from you, Jen, as well, is it just when you hear Sam's amazing voice that you just fall down? <laughs> there's, there's no other choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, largely um, the same, I suppose, as Carly, is that um, we, we definitely believe that our own individual journeys with the Lord are, has to come first. Yeah. Um, and... Um, that is, you know, what the priority is before kids. But then with young kids coming into the mix as well, um, 
a real importance for us is uh, the, a demonstration of um, the strength of our marriage um, mm. as an example to them and being able to show um, the right order of importance of relationship to our kids. Um, so our relationship with uh, the Lord comes first um, and then the love that we have for each other is the most important uh, relationship within our family unit and that it is because of that love that we have for each other and that we show in front of you um, that is why we made you and we love you. Uh, and being able to show that in front of our kids and, and um, that is who we are anyway. There's a lot of um, love and affection um, shown and spoken to our kids, over our kids, um, countless times a day and that's kind of how we work in our family discipleship um, so that they they don't mm. doubt uh, our love for them because they see it around them every day yeah. so that the way um, they have to think about God's love for them shouldn't be a stretch. You know, they see it every day yeah. in the way that we model our family so that when um, it comes time for them to really figure out their identity in Christ on their own, it should be like, oh, we've already seen that yeah. love great. every day from our parents. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Maybe we'll hand to Marie now. Uh, Marie, you obviously run our kids' ministries here at LCC. Uh, I, I would like to hear, and maybe it'd be good for us to hear, like, what is your, what's your hope? What's the kind of the goal and the vision for Life Kids and even Creche here at LCC? And then maybe as well, how can, how do you see the partnership between church structured ministry and then parents raising their kids? So obviously, the most important thing that we want children to learn about is um, how great and amazing Jesus is and to inspire them to have a relationship with him. And the way we do that is through especially the um, stories that we tell and we're always trying to uh, focus on what the story tells us about Jesus, how the story illustrates, for example, some like the love that's shown between two people, that's that pales in comparison to the love that God has for us. So wherever we're reading in the Bible, you know, whether it's the Old Testament or the New, we're always trying to be looking for Jesus and what we can see in those stories about him because ultimately, like, he's the one who will change their lives and um, he's just the most amazing person to know. Mm. <laughs> so so that's uh, the, the biggest way that we work in the Life Kids program and um, in creche it's less structured that we just have like bible stories there and um survival really yeah 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 just trying to make it out alive Come on. sometimes <laughs> no um but we're, we're, we're trying to just have these spaces be spaces where children feel loved and accepted just like they're loved and accepted by god and to be teaching them intentionally about jesus so that's how um yeah, what we're working towards in kids' ministry. I feel like the time that we have, like the leaders have with your children, is so short. Like we have like half an hour or 40 minutes on a Sunday morning to spend with your children. And so we try and use that time to uh, like use it well. Um, but really, the, you parents are the ones who are in their lives day in, day out. You're the ones who they see displaying God's love who they hear talking about 
his word. And so I feel like the part that we have to play is very minor compared to the responsibility and opportunity that you as parents have. Um, and so, yeah, we're just trying to, through our kids' ministries, just to support you so that you can be in the sermon, be learning and growing yourselves and so that you can um, model that and display that for your children. That's great. Awesome. Maybe we'll hand it to Bruce. Uh, Bruce, you have been following Jesus for a while now, um, longer than I've been alive, which is awesome. Um, I would love to hear from you, first and foremost, what does your... What does following Jesus look like for you? Like, what are some spiritual disciplines that you have in your life to continue to pursue that relationship? Okay, well, um, a couple of heart sort of things that have helped me is to live with the imminency of Christ's return. I think it's easier if we think of Jesus' return as being, you know, any day, Mm. possibly today, and I might even be literally walking with him today rather than pushing it off in the far distant past, uh, future, I mean. So, yeah, that plus um, I picked up a study about Revelation a while back and it's a great book to study. It's been a real blessing. That also brings out, apart from the imminency of Christ's return, the whole rewards aspect of faithful walking with Christ. And uh, I think perhaps the Christian church may have played down the rewards side of things a bit thinking, okay, you might get a crown, you might not, no big deal. But I think when we get to heaven, we'll find out the rewards thing is a much bigger deal than we maybe realise here. So that plus putting God in his, giving him that high esteem, that the world gives God no time, no respect, giving God that high esteem uh, and that great honour is another important thing. And also learning more about his character. You know, we've all got stories of how we've stumbled and fallen and wandered and God is so patient with us to, to draw us back. He's so, he's so caring and once you know the character of God and, and do those things, it sort of makes you care about what he says and what he thinks and that leads you into those disciplines of wanting to read his word, wanting to think about it and study it and um, the whole... I guess it starts to seep into every aspect of your life, the thinking and the doing, um, wherever you go. So that's sort of, and that leads you then into the discipline of, well, you don't have to really discipline yourself because you want to read the word, Mm. you want to pray. I try and just have, when I'm starting at breakfast, just have that three or four minutes to not only thank the Lord for breakfast, but say, hey, I need your help today, Lord, I need your wisdom. And just just in that little moment to take that time, and then later on at the end of the towards the end of the day, when I'm having that longer devotional sort of time, rather than do more my stuff and then come to that when I'm drowsy and dopey and not at my best, I try and um, I try and get that done while I'm at my best before I get tired, mm. before I move into other things, and particularly the praying, and I find that really helps. Yeah, awesome. I mean, while, while you've got the mic, because you're not married, Bruce. Um, no. Paul, Paul talks in Corinthians a bit about how the unmarried man is not anxious about anything except for following the Lord. Have you seen, whilst you are unmarried, um, opportunities maybe that you've been able to serve the Lord in different ways than those for some of us who are married and are, Paul's word, distracted by our wives? <laughs> Paul, Paul's word. Paul's <laughs> Yeah, well, obviously, as um, I mean, it, like 
pretty much everything in life, there's, you know, there's, there's good and bad, there's, there's pros and cons. So mm. um, obviously as a single person you have that, I guess, potential mobility. Uh, and, and particularly in recent times for me, what I was just referring to there, I've got the opportunity at that time of the day to, to say, okay, I'm going to now spend this time with the Lord in my quality time where I'm at my best and not give him my time where I'm not at my best. Uh, whereas someone who's married, obviously, with four or five other people potentially impacting their time and their... Yeah. Uh, that's a, a totally different situation. But I think the important thing is God looks at the heart, uh, the intent of the heart. So even if you're caring for a spouse or a child or someone that needs you at that time, God's looking at your heart and he can still bless your, uh, your heart as you're doing it for him. But there's no doubt being single potentially opens up, yeah. you know, a range of extra mm. mobility, um, freedoms that, you know, Simply because you are single, yeah, there's no yeah. doubt about that. Yeah, awesome. And we like we love that. We think the Lord has blessed people with singleness in certain in certain spheres of life and aspects and circumstances and situations that have led to that. Um, and that's the cool thing about the body of Christ. There is people from all backgrounds, uh, all relationship structures, and we come together as brothers and sisters to encourage each other to continue getting on with faith and loving Jesus. So uh, we're grateful to have you as part of our church. We are blessed by you. Um, and yeah, thanks for, thanks for sharing a bit of that. Maybe we'll head back down to Kylum. Um, so Lauren and I, obviously we recently just had a baby and trying to navigate family discipleship in that time is hard. Like we're, we're we're pretty exhausted constantly. And so for us at the moment, it's like put the kid down. If we've got 10 seconds, we'll read a little uh, psalm or something, talk about it and pray. And it's like, that's it, because that's all we've got. With older kids, what does family discipleship, what does devotion time, what does that look like uh, as you seek to try and raise them in the ways of the Lord? Um, yeah, ours, is, ours has changed all the time because that's what happens when you have kids, because they change and you change. Um, so I don't think there's a way to do it. What I would say is we've tried to explore multiple ways of doing it. So sometimes, like at Christmas time, we'll read through an Advent devotional at the dinner table. Sometimes we've gone through the New City Catechism and the kids are learning the catechisms. Um, currently what's working for us is actually just something I asked Paul. Um, like, hey, what's working for you and your family and what have you done? And one thing that, that he just said is oh, we just try to get together every night and pray. Um, so one thing that we've just started doing maybe for the past month has just been Keller's our youngest, so we've, we've got four kids. When, she's, when it's bedtime for her, we all congregate into her room or into our bedroom and we stop whatever we're doing. So whether, we're, whether Carly's marking, whether I'm writing a sermon, whether kids are doing other things, even if it's on a Saturday and they're playing Xbox, everything stops, we come together and we all pray. Um, and that lately has been one of the best things we've done. Our kids are really engaging in that. Um, and then we're on the side of that trying to do some devotional stuff. So one of our kids loves to read through and pray through the Psalms. So we're continuing to do that. So we'll read a little bit, we pray it, we read a little bit, pray it. Um, other, another one prefers to do their own devotion and then we debrief it. So it's look, it looks different um, and we're trying different things. And so my greatest encouragement to any family is just to try things something will eventually be more effective than another thing and then at some point that'll change. Be adaptable. Um, don't just have this picture in your mind of what it should look like because it probably doesn't look like that thing that you have in your mind. Um, and if you find the family that does look like that, 
they don't exist. That's a figment of your imagination. Um, yeah. So and it's, that, it's that's tricky. probably a good. Oh, Carly, you can if you got something to say. Yeah. No, no. I think that's a good point there because there is a frustration that I know we have felt in trying to start a family devotion of some sort, and Atlas we either. He's not listening. He's, he's not, no. <laughs> he's not engaging. So, um, yeah. He's <laughs> anyway, um, but even just husband and wife, and there is times where it doesn't go as we've planned and we've tried to start something new and there's just frustration and just cause an argument and we're like, we set out to you know, read the Bible together and now we're arguing in different rooms. And so um, what does it look like? Well, how do you navigate that when there is tension in trying to do something and it doesn't work? Like, you know, is there disheartment? Is there... Um, do you just try again or like, I don't know if you've experienced that at all or if it's just. Um, like I probably am the one who gets more frustrated than Carly because I often being a pastor, you want your kids to be very Christian. <laughs> and there's, so I have struggled with imposing what I want my kids to look like because they're my kids. Um, and so I've had to, just by asking other older couples, ask them questions, and, and that has helped me to kind of go, oh, there isn't a way, and everybody's different, and don't, don't impose that, but try and create as much space for it as you can. So for me, I think that's more of a, yep. that's a dad issue or a parent, parental issue. Yep. And then also trying to teach them discipline, hmm. that they can sit and they can be still and they can be quiet and listen to the other person. That's another frustration that we have. They like to talk over each other. Some, some are more engaged and they've got the answers, but actually encouraging them, hey, it's not your turn to talk. And that can be frustrating because that doesn't always go that way. But just giving them time and being patient with them to eventually learn that actually it's okay to be still and listen to the others Great. Uh, is good. Awesome. Um, a, a big thing is uh, for me is prayerfully seeking um, what's, you know, what to try. Um, and not being discouraged if it doesn't work and also giving it enough time to know if it doesn't work because trying it once doesn't mean it doesn't work. It might just not work that day. Um, so, But like Kylam said, we've tried lots of things and nothing's really stuck because our rhythms change a lot. Yeah. So we're not always eating together, so we can't do that. And then breakfast is not, we're not all together. So um, it's become more of a, you know, we'll, do something with these two and then that one and it's just kind of a bit more haphazardish. But um, and that that's not the same for everyone. But it's um, it's trusting God that okay, it's not how I've pictured it to be, but that's okay. God can still work in whatever, and I'm being faithful in doing something. Yeah. Um, the other thing I just wanted to say just about discipleship of your kids as they get older is that when when they're little it's more about obedience and you do what I say because I'm your mum and you respect what your mum says and you do it and so it's very much about being in front of them and you know you're stopping them from danger and all those sort of things but as they age you sort of move from in front of them to alongside them and you're shoulder to shoulder and now I'm walking with you and we're having mm. conversations about how did you handle that thing and what did that person say and how did that make you feel and you know what do you think what do you think God's telling you about that? What, what do you think you might do? What are your options? Oh, yeah, okay, so you can try that. That's great. You want to, do you want, should we pray about it? And it's, and it's this mm. rather than I'm telling you what to do, do it. Um, so it's recognising when your children are transitioning to that and uh, that's, that's tricky and it's different, diff- slightly different ages for different kids. But it's a real joy to walk alongside 
and do life with your kids yeah. as they get older. That's great. Awesome. And maybe, Pastor Sam, if we can, um, you guys, like, you've, you've got a five-month-old, right? And so, like, how, how, and you spoke a little bit about this before, but how has family discipleship devotion changed as more kids, another kid has joined, and the rhythms of life have changed? Yeah, not as much as you'd think. Um, we kind of subscribe more to family culture more than we do routines. Yeah. Uh, routines would have been shattered and are shattered because no night is the same as the one that came before it. Uh, but we do have a very strong culture of Christian love that isn't going anywhere. That's great. You know? and so the, uh, the arrival of Asher hasn't really thrown the cat among the pigeons at all. We still uh, program in that time just because it's the done thing. It's a matter of course that they're going to be loved and spoken to and um, ministered to through our presence and, uh, and the ways in which we engage with the Bible might be a bit scattershot and you know, not programmed perhaps as, uh, as minutely as I might like, but it doesn't change the fact that they're, uh, they're immersed in a culture of profound Christian love. Um, so there hasn't been disruption on a scale that perhaps people who are really committed to routines and, uh, mm. and programs might have been. So yeah. that's where we're at. Awesome. Mm. And uh, obviously, you guys have a different family dynamic in terms of uh, Kylie and Kylie. And you, you don't currently work. Uh, what went into the decision-making of that? And have what are kind of some pros and cons you think um, from that? First, practically, but also in terms of, you know, discipling your kids or, you know, being able to be there and kind of stuff. Um. It's, I guess it was always a desire of mine to, to be at home raising our kids um, and pretty early on in our dating days um, we kind of established that that was a, a shared goal of ours so it wasn't really a decision um, that we had to think through um, or weigh up pros and cons. It was just a given that that's how we were going to um, structure our family um, and we were kind of happy and willing to just make the sacrifices that we needed to to, mm. to make it happen. Um, but it was it was very important to us, and I know that you know not everyone chooses to do it that way, or not everyone can do it that way for various practical or financial reasons. So yeah. you know, no judgment to that, but we can speak into the ways that um, it has been just so beneficial for for our family, um, because we we really um, value the opportunity for um, our kids to have that um, constant round the clock um, access to to the one that can you know, provide them that level of nurture mm. um, and so that their, um, their best counsel is uh, provided by um, someone who loves them the most and yeah. uh, has their best interests at heart yeah. um, and helping them walk through um, all the confusing and new and different things that they see out there, I think. Um, that's, um, yeah, it was very, very important yeah. uh, to awesome. us. And I think like what we've kind of heard from all, all of you guys in, in different ways is um, whether it is structured, whether it is just more culturally, the, the main priority is your own personal walk with Jesus. Um, like how do you be a great husband and a great wife? Follow Jesus. And how do you be a great parent? Follow Jesus. How, how do you raise your kids in the ways of the Lord? Follow Jesus. And, whether, and as we seek to do that, um, we're going to cultivate a, a Christian culture in our home of, of love and, and forgiveness and grace and um, as well as our kids are going to see and come. And I, I love that standing beside them, Kylie. That's, that's actually super helpful and, and cool. Um, yeah, instead of just kind of lording over them, which I just assume that's what you do, right? You just tell your kids um, 
how it is. Um, but but maybe maybe we'll come to you, Marie, real quick. We'll, we'll have a couple more, and then um, we'll finish off. You you're not married yet. Uh, you, you don't have any kids because you're not married yet. Um, and so as a single female in a church that is very highly young families and kids running around, you run the kids' ministry. Um, one, what does what does faith look like for you? What does following Jesus look like for you? And then how? As a church, maybe how have you experienced being in a church like this? And then how, as a church, do you think we can better support you and and other singles, unmarried people in our church to continue to follow and trust Jesus? I know that's a lot there, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Something in that answer, whatever you feel. Um, So I think for me, the biggest blessing um, being a part of LCC as a single person has been being really involved in my life group. And just the relationships that I built there and the friendships um, that where we are united over our love for Jesus. We're not focusing on common interests or hobbies, but we, we all love Jesus and want to grow and learn together. And so I think that that has been like just the biggest blessing for me is those friendships that I've built um, in my life group. So if you're not in a life group, get into one, okay? <laughs> Um, and what was the... Yeah, like how as a church can we better support, um, you know, single males and single females, do you think, to continue to trust Jesus? Is it, is it, is it life groups getting them involved? Is it... Yeah, I think it's just being a friend. Like not uh, sort of segregating into like, oh, well, I can only be friends with other people who have children the same age as me and who have the mm. similar whatever lifestyle as me. But just being like, oh, Marie's a person too, and so is that single person, and that single person, you know, like, I'm happy to be friends with you, even if you're married, older, younger, like, whatever. I feel like that's the wonderful thing about being a part of a family of God, is that we are a family, and we have uncles and aunts and grandparents and grandchildren and cousins and nieces and nephews, and it's just this friendship that you can have. We don't need to be focusing on the barriers of, oh, our lives look different, we can focus on, all right, we we want to know and love Jesus and serve each other and, you know, we can do that together by sharing a meal. Invite me over for dinner. I love dinner. Yeah, yeah. great. Come on. Um, and I think we'll just we'll just finish with this one for, for the married couples. How do you guys prioritize that marriage relationships? And so whoever wants to answer that, they can. Is it date nights? Is it... Um, Love letters, flowers, I don't know, like what, what? <laughs> Clearly none of those. Um, how do you guys, yeah, prioritise that really? Um, I'll hand it over in a second. I'm just in that moment reminded of this um, moment that we had a couple of weeks ago where all three kids were down asleep at the same time and it lined up... Don't brag, that, but uh, you can't <laughs> It's rare. Um, that we were both able to actually brush our teeth at the same time and we were just standing there, do you remember, in the dark, brushing our teeth in silence, holding hands. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> That's and I great. I just remember, it was profound. Yeah. Like, it seems so weird. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> it's the little things. I like anyway. that. Yeah, it took me years uh, to get her to set the bar that low. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> but we're there now, it's great. Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing about having little kids that's conducive to uh, sort of ease of romantic relationship, except the baby carrier. When I wear that, I think that has a, mm. an aphrodisiac rush, you know. Um, 
But um, there are so many little grace moments of a given day um, in which you can uh, can be a blessing. And it's it's been recontextualized heavily from the days before you had kids at all, you know, where everything was characterized by grandiose gestures. Uh, but there's there's a lot of power in little gestures, even gestures as little as holding hands while you're brushing teeth, apparently. <laughs> um, and so we're able to, to survive and thrive in that space. We have really committed and invested wider family who partner with us to, to make those opportunities happen, great. for which we're extremely blessed. Um, mm. And, you know, being part of a church family, you can, you can seek out that level of relationship too and coordinate with other families and all the couples who want to bless you in that way to try and make that space because... Yeah, it's vital. Really it's essential. If we're going to say that uh, that our marriage is our ultimate ministry to our children, mm. then uh, it needs to be tended like a garden on the regs. So that's what we want to do. And you guys? I think one thing that's really important is understanding love language of your partner. Um, and so then knowing what it is that they need or require to fill their tank. So for some people it's quality time. That's not mine. So if Kylum sets aside half a day and says, let's go hang out, that's not going to fill my tank as much as it as him vacuuming and mopping the floors. That's just reality. So knowing that about each other means mm. that you, you don't have to do these, like you say, these big grand gestures. It's knowing this is going to really make a difference, so I'm going to do that. It might be small. It might only take me five minutes, but it will make a big difference for you, so I will do that. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd say that's really important. And as you get more time poor with kids, that becomes more important and it's more... It's intentional then as well. Like, it's intentional that I do this for you or it's an intentional that I take time out of my day to text you and say, hope yeah. you're having a great day, you know, uh, those little things. So I'd say that's probably... As well as also having, you know, your big times where you, let's go away. It might just be once a year, just for the weekend... Mm so that you do get that connection time. But if date nights are important to you, then you, you make time to do those, you know. Great. Yeah, she often texts me looking forward to brushing teeth. Come on. Together. She's very excited about that. Um, something I probably can say from, like, this stage of life is it's been, like, if I can use my daughter Maddie, she's sitting in the front row, but... To her, it's actually important now, and she will verbalise it's important for her to see that we are, we are working on us. She couldn't verbalise that when she was young. Um, she didn't know. But clearly, mm. it has been important to her and to all of our kids, all of our lives. The greatest gift that we can give them is Jesus. The second greatest gift that we can give them is a healthy marriage. That's good. And they feel that, and now they're asking for it because they're at an age where they can say, hey, when was the last time you did blah, blah, blah? Um, and then also I think there's been times when we've had to tell our kids, actually right now you're not most important, so you need to wait because we're having a conversation. And, you're gonna, you're, and so we actually are reminding them they are not the centre of this, this household <laughs> as much as they don't always like that. But there are times where like, actually this is what is good for you right now is to know that you're not the centre of the world, that we're going to have adult conversations, we need to have this discussion. Um, I think them seeing us do repentance and faith in front of them has been good for them as well to like you know I've gotten angry or Carly's gotten angry and we've kind of been out of our you know sort of roles and kind of coming back and going actually I don't want to just do that in private I want my kids to see you know what I spoke harshly and sharply because I was irritated I'm really sorry and model some of that too I think it's been good for them to go we're working on us and when we when sin comes between us we will repent quickly 
and forgive really, really quickly because that's how God has treated us. And so they get to model that too, I think, which has been good for them. Great. Awesome. Well, thanks. Lastly lastly on that, we've actually seen fruit in that as well because... I'm, I'm very quick to apologise to my children as well. They know I make lots of mistakes. Um, but I've seen Fletcher now, if he does something wrong, he speaks rudely to me. He comes to me far faster than I want to come to him and says, oh, sorry, I spoke rudely to you. And yeah. I'm not ready to forgive you just yet. Just come back to me in a minute. But he's very quick to because That's great. we've been we've modelled that to him. So yeah. it's, it's great when you see fruit. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. How old's Fletcher now? 14. 14. It only takes 14 years. Come on. Uh, well, thanks, guys. Really appreciate you being a, a part of the panel. I hope that's been helpful for you all in some way or another. Um, I would love if, Bruce, you could pray for us, um, for our relationships, for our faith, for our ability to continue to trust Jesus. Dear Lord, we thank you for another opportunity to come and hear about your dear son, Jesus, and what he's done for us. And uh, we just confess how great you are and how good you are in giving your own son for us. We just pray for the local church. We just pray that every one of our fellowship would be deeply committed to our local church and to each other as the local body of Christ, that we would would see our love for others as loving you. And we pray you would bless that, Lord. We we pray you would um, build up and strengthen every Christian marriage in this Fellowship, we pray with all the pressures and the uh, distractions and the potential hurt that's in the society today. We just pray, Lord God, that you would strengthen the bond and the commitment between husband and wife in every Christian marriage and between the parents and their children. We pray for all our uh, young younger people, whether they be teenagers or in the children group, uh, the younger ones or the very young ones, We just pray they will all be nurtured in your love and will grow to appreciate that they need Jesus, that they need to come to the cross early in their lives. So we praise you, Lord, and we lift these prayers to you in the great name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Life Centre Church located in North Lakes. We exist to make, mature and multiply disciples in communities that depend upon, declare and display the gospel of Jesus Christ in all of life. If you would like more information about us, please visit lifecenterchurch.com.au. We provide our podcasts free of charge. Please feel free to download the content and share it with others, but please do not edit or alter the content in any way without the written permission from the leadership of LCC.